You guys. Hello. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. And I'm Sabrina. And we have guests today in this episode. A collab. It's a collab with our like long-term kind of distant friends that we've known of each other and talked to each other, always been yes. fans of each other. Social and media friends that forgot that we weren't in-person friends. And so when yes. we met, we honestly could have started this recording an hour before we clicked yes. record because it was just instantly like we're all together and we're oh. having a great time in Boston. In person. Recording from a bank vault with Ash and Elena. It was a very cool studio. Part two of this will come out on Morbid's feed. And this is part one. And we decided to do like hometown haunts. So we kind of like we're getting to know each other's hometowns, which was really fun. So fun. And Corinne and I actually went to visit the spot that you talk about in part two, which is on Morbid's feed, when we were in Boston. I feel like we just met our soul sisters and we got along so well. We were like already talking about what the next things we're going to do together are. They're so spooky too. The amount of stories that they have and all of the spooky topics that they've been covering lately were just obviously two girls, one ghost. We like ghost stories. So yeah, of course. We're into the ghost stories. We're in. So if you don't already listen to Morbid, which I mean, I feel like everyone in the world listens to Morbid, go listen to them. Also, make sure you listen to part two when it comes out on, I believe it's on Halloween, October 31st. But until then, enjoy part one of our crossover with Morbid. I mean, we're just so excited about it. It's just very fun. (laughs) Please enjoy. Enjoy. Halloween to all of us because we get to sit here across from Ash and Elena from Morbid. (gasps) And we're sitting across from Corinne and Sabrina from Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are in a vault. A bank vault. We're literally recording from a bank vault. Which is is so cool. The coolest. I I know that this existed. Not me. Not me. Avery. Okay, what would you guys do if we got stuck in no, here? No, I feel like we have to all put our hands in the middle and do like the, the pile of hands. Like, one, two, three, go! Woo! Woo! Not me, not me, not me! What happened if we got stuck in here? Put Sabrina. Well, we already know the toilet doesn't flush here, so we're... Yeah. we're so there you go. There's already problems. We would become a ghost. We would become ghosts. <laughs> and then we would have a whole new shtick. Yes. I know. Just haunt a ton of people. Okay, well, our, initially, our first question for you guys. Because anytime is, we have anyone on our show... The first question we, have to, we have to ask is... Well, number one, do you believe in ghosts? Absolutely. And yes. do you see dead yeah. people? I have before. Wow. Yeah. Tell okay. them, please. Okay. Go on. I'm, well, <laughs> so let me get comfortable here. Yeah. <laughs> let me just like get all comfy. Mine are weird. So the first ghost that I ever saw was in Elena's room when I was little. Yeah. And <gasps> me and my mom lived there at my grandparents' house. And I was like sleeping in bed one night. And I woke up and there was like a little boy sitting next to my bedside table. Oh. And he had like... Uh, like these weird pants on they were like plaid but they were like old timey pants and like trousers like the newsboy that's exactly what i was picturing and he had one of those newsboy hats on and he was reading my mom's book so i woke my mom reading your mom's book reading my mom's touching a physical tangible item had it open what was the book 
probably like a Daniel Steele novel or something <laughs> like that. I was picturing like Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay. <laughs> or it was like a long time ago. Something that a little boy would read. Daniel yes. Steele. Yes. <laughs> Some weird romance novel. Yes. But So I wake my mom up and I'm like, hey, ghost. And she's like, no, 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 it's fine. Go to bed. But then I woke <laughs> up the next morning and her book was like, she had left it on like the bedside table or like the bureau or something. Uh-huh. And when she woke up, it was like lodged beneath, like in between the closet where he was <gasps> sitting in front of. And I was like, oh, oh, I just oh wait, so he lives in the closet then. <laughs> Most ghosts know. do. Closets, attics, so. basements. Right. Bathtubs. Wait, so what did he, was he solid looking? Yeah, he looked definitely solid. I, I mean, I was like five, so that was like 21 years ago. But, right, did I math there? Yeah. Oh, you're asking the wrong person. Know. It I'm was like, a long yeah, time that ago. sounds great. <laughs> 20, sure. 21 years ago, sure. But I feel like he was like gray. Like, I remember oh. him being like grayish. Did you make eye contact? Yes. Oh. Ooh. And she told me this like right after it happened. Yeah. Like she was little. Wait, but it was in your bedroom. And it was in my bedroom. I mm-hmm. slept through the entire thing. Apparently. Did you? So did you ever see the little boy? Well, you know, I never saw him, uh-huh. but our my parents' house was always haunted. It's like a super old house mm-hmm. I grew up in. Like so, 1800s. Yeah. So cool. Maybe even before that, uh, to be honest. Our dream. Oh, yeah. It was, it, I love, I love my parents' house. And yeah. it's still like super spooky. Does it haven't. have one of the plaques? It, it like doesn't have one of the plaques, but it's only because they don't want to get one because then they have to go on like the historic oh, road. Uh, yeah, and then yeah. they can tell you what to do with your house. Yeah, and yeah. they control like, it. No. No. <laughs> like, what right. Want. We'll put whatever new windows we want. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. my mom wants to paint like the railings purple and stuff. Oh, she she's is. Like, oh, hey, yeah. fun. purple is a historic color. Exactly. There you go. And she's still like, goes. she loves a purple moment. So Great. she's not going to have anyone tell <laughs> I her not. But it was always haunted in that room in particular. Is like they. Those I think it was like my parents knocked down a wall between two rooms, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and those rooms were in the original part of the house. So they were like very old Ooh. part yeah. of the house because they like added on to the house and all that. Right. But that room in particular, I remember walking into it one day, and my dad's an electrician, so he would set everything up so that like you flicked on a light and everything right. in your room went on. Right. And one <laughs> night I went to go in and I flicked on the light and nothing turned on, and I was like, oh like a fuse blue or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I walked in really quick just to get something in the dark. And then I like noticed that a plug was unplugged, like a, a lamp. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's weird. And I like plugged it back in and like turned on the light and the light flicked on. And I was like, and I look around and everything that was plugged in in my room <gasps> was unplugged. Ew. Oh, oh, I hate that. Yeah. Okay. I've heard this story a million times. And every yeah. time I'm like, oh, well, okay, like, wait, what was your purpose? Why well, did you, okay. the Why one did you thing, want it dark? We've heard stories where, People have come home to the same situation, but if, like, I don't know, I kind of feel like it was a ghost protecting. Like, what if there would have, like, been, like, an outlet spark, and then if it was plugged in, a fire oh, would have happened. that's what I kind of feel, because mm, I never intervention like, sort of thing. A Maybe yeah. saved energy. Right. Like, I, even at that moment, I was I was like, why'd you do that? Like, yeah. I was like, why <laughs> right. did you do that? Like, I didn't even feel, like, I was like, that was a little weird. Trickster. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And, and I, I just Oh, I miss my old kerosene in. lamps. Like, yeah. what's, what's with these new, like, <laughs> electricity? <laughs> what's that? He's like, come I didn't have that. Come back to the old times. It was way better then. Yeah. Oh, gosh. But yeah, so it was never, that place was never, like, it never felt like something was, like, mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. there. But you could hear, like, footsteps going up the, it was like, like an the old creaky, dirt cellar. You would oh. hear boot footsteps hitting the steps. And yep. actually, one night, my sister heard it, kept hearing it going up and down the oh stairs. And she yelled, please stop. <laughs> and it stopped. And it didn't so happen creepy. again. Wow. 
That's hey, so they're respectful. Yeah, I That's think he nice. was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, right. I didn't yeah. know I was freaking out. Yeah. yeah, there was yeah. a good energy in that house. Because there nice. were times where, like, I would be there alone, but, like, I felt I felt like I wasn't alone, but not mm. in, like, a weird, creepy, right. scary right. way. Like, in a comfort Like, way. I felt protected. That's how I felt growing up, too. Really? Yeah. 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 Had, like, a mom and a son spirit. Oh, I love so that. So it felt safe. Yeah. Well, that's very point. comforting. There are certain, there are certain things that I feel I like it's there. like, yeah. you know, every house has its moments where it oh, does yeah. feel nice. And then there's mm-hmm. those one-offs yeah. where, like, spirits will come through and yeah. terrify right. you. Yeah. we definitely had moment. those moments, too, yeah. where it was like, right. okay. There was yeah. another room in the house that definitely, like, all the yucky energy came from yeah. that room. And I'm, now I'm wondering, since you said that, like, was it, like, some weird portal or something? Yeah, because it was one room. Right. That that was like the weird stuff would happen in, mm-hmm. and everything else was very comforting. Yeah. yeah. What was the is, weird stuff? Like one was I was yeah, walking when I was in like high school, I think it was, or no, it must have been like junior high because it was when like the internet was like, whoa, the internet. My yeah. face. <laughs> yeah, I had like dust in the it wind like, as my music, and I had a little <laughs> dancing alien <laughs> on yes. my face. And you learned HTML. Just oh to, my gosh, we were web designers. Coding. Yeah, we were coding back then. <laughs> But this was like AIM, like when you got the AOL CD in the mail and you got like yes. three oh my hours gosh. of 50 free hours of AOL and right yeah. dial up. So we had to like sit the there for 10 minutes room. listening to like, oh yeah, that like oh, the, yeah. awful noise. Oh, I don't know why that like kind of gives me comfort. It does. <laughs> See? The sound of I our childhood. I to go to sleep. <laughs> it's like a snuggly feeling. Yeah. Right. And you would try to sneak on and like at like a late time at right. night and you would always get caught because like, it's so loud. Yeah. But my parents had that computer room that everyone had yes and they would like lock that computer room at a certain time so you could not go oh my gosh <laughs> but i was getting my last moments of that computer room and it was mm. at the end of the hall and it went past the room that all like the the crazy stuff the happens. room where it happens the room where it happens yeah the room exactly. where it happens. Yes. precisely <laughs> hamilton <laughs> oh, i love hamilton right uh but i was walking by there to go to the computer room and the door was shut of that other room as I walked in front of it, it sounded like somebody took their fists or took like a oh. chair and slammed it against the door hard enough <gasps> no. that my dad heard it, my mom heard it, oh and was like, gosh. "Are you okay?" But like, you were the right hell? there. Mm-hmm. I was walking. It was when I walked right in front of the door. I like, I like shot myself back onto the wall. It scared oh, me my so much. Gosh. And then I just like tore into the other room. But my dad opened the door because I was like, "What just happened?" Oh. Open the door. Nothing had fallen against the nothing door. Nothing out of place. There was nothing out of place. Oh, and it but that like scares me so ba- much because that's that's so much aggression and energy mm-hmm. forcefully, obviously mm-hmm. directed at you. That one, yeah. felt and it's scary. like, yeah, it's like what what is the line between that just being like a warning and it actually picking something up yeah. and hitting you one right one day? That's what I was thinking. Uh, it was just, that was the only time that I was actually scared. Scared, like, like, and you know, scary. like when you get like. Like in in addition to that being a physical like threat, mm-hmm. you get a gut feeling if it's negative. Oh and bad. yeah, I was mm-hmm. like, that's not. Yeah, good. like I oh. won't even go in that room now. I'm like, I hate I'm that like, room. heard ya. Won't, right. won't do it. I'm, oh my I'm gosh, out. so yeah. creepy. So that's the room you definitely there. don't play a Ouija board in. No, 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 no definitely no. not. Ash is very against Ouija boards. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, we are we are too. Okay, yeah. good. Okay, we're like, yeah, no. we're like no. Yeah, I don't no. fucks. With have you no. ever? <laughs> no, never. Okay, me neither. I have two friends who have had like absolutely horrific experiences yeah. with Ouija boards, and my friend who had like the more recent one, it was terrifying. So I I don't yeah. mess with those at all. You yeah. should have your friend on on your podcast. I know. That's a good idea. Their story, right? Tell it's like Ouija story. boards gone wrong. Yeah. Well, because I think I mean we get a lot of people because we always talk about like our rejection of Ouija boards. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that come forward and they say like, Ouija boards aren't bad. 
It's how you play it. And it's like, okay, well, the reality is, is there like gl- these glow-in-the-dark boards that are being pumped out by Taurus RS and directed at f- like five-year-olds? Like, yeah. yeah, who do you think is reading the instructions right. or doing extra effort to research how yeah. to properly like start your space, close the board right. and mm-hmm. protect yourself? Like most people playing don't know what's going on and also yes. let's add to the fact that you're playing with multiple people yep. like you know we might say like we have good intentions or we don't want to open up to anything negative but like then someone else you're playing with you can't be inside their mind you don't know what they want and what it's they're true. asking for or tempting right. fate with and i feel like there's so many different ways to like open your space and close yeah. your space that like what is the right way yeah you know yeah. i know i mean just talking about it alone is technically opening the space and that is something so. that we uh we have dealt with. Okay, recently. we were Damn. yes, Ooh. we were. We had a lot of shit happen <laughs> on my mom's side. And we're super Portuguese, and my mom was like getting so mad, and she was like, "Oh, we're gonna have to go back to freaking Fatima and get more holy water. I don't have enough holy water left in my closet for what you're doing and creating." I was like, like "Sorry, mom. Sorry, shit. sorry. <laughs> like, yeah, Oopsie, yeah. Fatima. Oh damn. Oopsie. We've gotta go to uh, Portugal." Yeah, I know. I was like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, right. Family trips. Yeah, because we decided to do like all possession and exercise, like demon stories for the month of October. We were like, okay, five weeks in October, let's do dark stuff. Yeah, and then we basically did one. We were like, we did three because we instead of five because (laughs) we realized like. We can't. We we can't keep doing this. We, oh ca- we like fucked up. Like we really should have. <laughs> we fucked up. Like oh. stuff to our space before. Oh like my oh, our apartment, which never has anything negative happen in it. My husband like woke up and kind of had sleep paralysis, and like there was like a entity grabbing the side of him. Oh, I just and got, he like, he keeps saying it was just a dream, but I'm like I don't think it was because like, he was know, sleeping because my sister was in town, so he was sleeping on an air mattress in our living room, and it was like very much where he was. And he, like, woke up with it at the end of the air mattress. Ooh, hate it. Yeah. Ooh. That's terrifying. Sleep paralysis is the scariest. I've never had it, thank God. It happens to me all the time. It happens to me a bunch. It hasn't really? happened to me in a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping yeah. it won't. Isn't but. it wild, though, that everybody has the same experiences, basically, yes. and see the same thing? Like, mm-hmm. I understand some people's argument when they say, like, oh, it's something with, like, the chemicals releasing in your brain when you're when you're in that sort of, like, in-between state of right. slumber. But we didn't get broadcasted the five scenarios that can happen no. to everyone. Like, right. it just... Happens. It's so weird and that it matches. it's so real. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the thing. If it was, yeah. like, this blurry, weird, hallucinogenic moment where you're like, I don't know if this is real or not. Mm-hmm. No. Every time it happens, yeah. my brain is looking at my bedroom as it is mm-hmm. in yes. that moment. And every time my brain goes, oh, this is happening. Yeah. Like, I always like you register it. Oh, I'll sit there and be like, oh, something, somebody's really in my room right now. Yeah. Like, that's always the first thing. I'm like, oh, my God, it's finally happened. Someone's in my room. Like, okay. I have an example where I think that this is my version of like there's there's proof. This is my proof that sleep paralysis <laughs> is like truly some sort of actual yeah. projection or weird situation where you're where you're ex- what you're experiencing is real. In college, I was having a sleep paralysis moment basically where i was like trapped in my body and had kind of felt like someone around my bed but at the same moment i also looked out my front door and saw one of my friends coming up the steps and i was like oh no i need to wake up from my weird like paralyzed state and answer the door and get my friend and i saw what they were wearing astral self was seeing yes whoa yes whoa and then 30 minutes later when i finally like battle myself out and go out into the living room because obviously the door had been answered by another roommate at that point 
I saw my friend wearing exactly what I saw oh, them in. Goodbye. So I was like, that right there <laughs> is true. Yeah. It's not just me hearing the knocking and like coming up with some sort mm-hmm. of extra yeah. scenario in, right. saw it. in between state. Like I saw it during my Ugh, sleep paralysis moment. See, I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Like I'm usually, I'm a very like logical thinker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so like my initial thing is to always try to figure out like a logical explanation right. for this. Meanwhile, I'm like, you're cursed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like, we like immediately, yeah. it's like, oh, yep, that's definitely. Just, that's <laughs> like, the devil. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's like, the devil. There's gotta be a reason, but like, you can't explain away these things. No. You can't. No. And when I've experienced them, I'm like, I can't. I've seen it. Like, yeah, I don't right? know how to explain that. And it's happened in several places, and it's always the same. What were you guys talking about on that first episode where you opened something up? We talked, are you afraid to say? Oh, it? we were talking Julia. about yeah, Julia, Doctor Doctor Richard Gallagher, which we're hoping to actually have on a future episode and interview him. He is this psychiatrist who had been introduced to this woman, Julia, who Julia is. Uh, pseudonym for this woman to protect her identity but basically like she she was super possessed yeah. and it didn't i mean they went through various exorcisms and really brought together a whole like team she of like priests. levitated for 15 minutes what? it was longer than that it was, in yeah. front of everyone no yeah so yeah. unfortunately for her she never was rid of her demons but Activities started happening during that episode, and then we had recorded another episode immediately after that recording. And you can see, because we just started YouTube recently, and you can see in the video of our YouTube smoke happening behind oh, me. Oh, I saw this. And yeah. Did, I watched yeah, this one. Yeah. I was like, oh. I yeah, turned yeah. around. Yeah. This. Okay, because we were like, oh, let's make a spooky atmosphere for October. Like, let's like, put covered some, all of our windows, yeah, like black candles, a, oh, yeah. tapered, yeah, taper candles or whatever behind yeah. us. So they were all lit, and so I was like, oh god, did one of them already like go down and it it unlit? And so I turned around, and nothing was smoking, but one single tapered candle, which I've owned for two years. These black candles, because I put them out like every yeah, Halloween, every Halloween. Season or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're dripless. This one is dripping like freaking crazy and there's two flames on one wick like the wick like split so i'm like oh for sure i'm gonna catch this paranormal activity and i grab my phone out and i'm taking the video of it on my phone and the top flame exits the wick and floats floats. like five inches you can i'll show you i'll show you the extended version after this but yeah because i took yeah i took like a clip of it that yeah that you saw lane on like on social media yeah (laughs) and that's on top of bad vibes my headphones were acting up and doing a bunch of weird things like making noises and we just felt both of our my google home and your alexa was doing weird shit yeah see Ooh. i have an instinct right now even just hearing you say alexa i'm like don't say it, don't <laughs> say it. <laughs> I said it all. yeah Where i had she? to unplug my stuff and my poor fiance who was like totally afraid of ghosts and never <laughs> is so supportive but never wants to hear anything like uh, actually about yeah. what we that is talk about fiance. on the podcast yeah yeah, yeah. He was like, every time the Google Home went off, he was looking at me like, like what did you do? Like, oh, what have you done? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I made him bring me to the bathroom in the middle of the night because I had to pee and I was scared. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. <laughs> That's yeah. happened to us like when we've talked about like super dark yeah. shit. Like the picture. Black-eyed children. Oh, oh, I don't even want to like Oh my God. Oh, Yes, we, st- we ended so up creepy? abandoning the episode you because did. so many weird things were oh happening. God. We like, played it back it. and it was like fucked. Like the audio yeah. was fucked. And it was no like this way. weird squealing sounds and stuff. And we were like, okay. Ew. Oh, yeah, it we was like, terrifying. We're not do that. Okay, well, at least like when we've recorded, because we did a BEK episode too, but like we have, we are apartment living. Like I feel mm. like you guys were 
in the prime situation for yeah. a BK to actually oh, like bring yeah. your concept yeah. and not yeah. ask for the rotary phone. I was like, no, thank I hate you. It. I hate yeah, that's I hate part it. of it, right? No. It's like talking about yes. it sometimes. Brings Wait, it forward. Yeah. That's weird that you said that because so the first time we tried to do the BK episode was at her like creepy ass old house. Yeah. In like the pod lab, like scary, <laughs> yeah. scary vibes. Oh god. Very and then we vibes. ended up redoing the episode like years later. Like mm-hmm. we didn't want to touch it for years. And we did it with Tyler from Ghost Honey from TikTok. Yeah. But we did it at my apartment. No problem. Yeah. Wow. That's weird that you said that. That is strange because maybe there's something to that. Mm. Right? But then the episode we did recently with like um, like Cursed Games, we did an episode on Cursed (gasps) Games. And I think you ended up putting it on TikTok. All of a sudden, this picture that we have in the podcast studio Mm -hmm. of like witches like holding hands and like screaming. I think I know the exact 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 one. one. Yeah. I have it. Yes. Yeah. You like everyone buys it off of Etsy. You know it or have it. Yeah. Yes. But it started like moving and shit. Yeah, it was like, like vibrating. Oh no! And there yeah. was no explanation. <laughs> and I took a video of it because I was like, "I'm not touching this." Nothing right. Is ha- and we heard the sound. <gasps> we heard the sound. And there's so many. It's like a huge like picture wall. There's tons yeah. of pictures. Right. And that was the only Nothing one moving. Else. It was so creepy. And it was making a weird sound. And we were like, "What, we were is, like, that what is going sound? on?" And we couldn't figure out. We were oh like, "Where is that coming from?" And then all of a sudden, I Ugh. just happened to look over and I was like. And you touched it. And I was like, that picture, and I just, like, touched it, and it stopped for a second, then it was like, and it just started vibrating, and I was like... Okay, Okay, to put a positive spin, and this is very unlike me, I usually put the negative spin on things, I like to think... And I also have a question about my spirit guides. I don't believe they exist or they're not doing their job. But I like to think in this scenario, it is our spirit guides being like, hey, I need to do a little warning to be like, you're dabbling in something a little dark. I'm going to scare you so that you stop talking about it. Yeah, yeah it could be that's it. possible. Because I, I love like a spirit guide little discussion. Yeah. You're speaking my language. Am yeah. I? Yes. Okay. Well, my, um, wait, next time you guys are in Salem, you should go to, we we just got our auras, auras photograph. Oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Yeah. yeah. We went to Ascend. Ooh, so you can get your, yeah, yeah, they have you put your hands on sensors oh, for like so 20 cool. seconds or whatever, and then yeah. they take your picture. Our auras, well, first of all, I've been told my aura color by three different people unrelated to each other at different points in my life and like my aura color did come out pretty much that color sabrina's also came out almost the, like we almost have matching auras yeah. and they said that oftentimes especially like female friendships or like mother child will have very similar auras Ooh. because you surround yourself by people with similar auras yeah yeah and you yeah. Like feed off of each other you know, so i so wonder funny. if you guys would be similar i don't think we would have a similar gonna... aura <laughs> I, I feel like our auras would be like polar opposites <laughs> probably but just because we're so different yeah. that's all it yeah. is yeah but there's markings above your aura too there's like these little white kind of orby looking Ooh. things that they say are your spirit, spirit guides. guides so like you can <gasps> count how many so I wonder if you'd see oh, I love that I did feel really that. jealous of another woman who was there though because after she got her aura photo developed and they were like looking for her they the guy handed it to this woman and was like this is so rare. This never happens. This oh. is like the most powerful aura. And I was like, okay, what that. about my powerful aura? <laughs> I want mine taken again. This is a wrong. generic aura? Yeah. <laughs> it's mine store bought. What, is what the hell? Oh. Good value aura. <laughs> yeah, we're just a Walmart version of yeah. that, that woman. We were hoping aura. to be. Damn, I want to go there now. Yeah, you it should. Is cool. It's cool. We're yeah. going to be there in a couple weeks. So. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. Do it while you're there. Yeah. Note to sell. I want to do yeah. that. Just go in the morning. We yeah. had no weight. We yeah, just it was waltzed right on in. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're doing that. We're getting orange. Mm-hmm. Now I'm excited to see if ours are similar or not at all. I know. What do you th- you think they'd be different? I feel like they would be. I think so. I feel like we have very different 
It's just auras in yeah, general. Yeah, I feel like so. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, if you do it, you'll have to share with us yeah. we totally what they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what colors were yours, if you feel like sharing? They're bluish and light. indigo. Ooh. Yeah, light purple re- yeah. and Ooh. some blue. Ooh, I it's like almost that. like a little tie-dye moment. I feel like that's yeah. your aura. I love that. I yeah. just had a discussion recently about auras, and me and my friends were like being like, what do you think my aura is? And I did I see a TikTok, and it was about how to try and read other people's auras. Ooh. And she suggested if you if you have someone put their hand up against a white surface and you stare at it for a little while, then it is It'll easier to itself. see the aura like against That's the color cool. white. I'm going to do that. Go a yeah. little cross-eyed blur. Yeah, just let it. Everyone I know is going to have like a white. Can you please come here real quick? Give me your hand. Yeah, let me see. Just give me a few minutes. Don't move. Don't speak. Just let me focus. Just vibe. Just vibe. Um. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> we do that all the time. <laughs> Twin auras. <laughs> um, uh, um, and then we're like, Aiden, to our editor, we're like, cut out the ums. Okay, well, we decided with you guys because you're on ours and then we will be on yours yeah. the next yeah. week on Wondery Plus and then all that good regularly. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> all that good That stuff. we're going to do hometown hauntings. Yes. Which so we picked places things from your hometown in like Boston area mm-hmm. and then you picked things from our hometowns yeah. New Jersey and Vermont right and so for this yeah. episode we've got New Jersey and of course Boston, Boston as well yeah. amazing yeah. I'm excited I know I'm excited to listen to this do you want to go first this makes me Sabrina? so nervous that I have to start between all four of us but yes I do <laughs> I'm so excited okay so when you think of Harvard what do you all think smarty pants the college yeah yeah Ivy League Packy cat, happy cat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Top hats, some history. Hell yeah! But do you ever think of murder? Like no, no. <laughs> like no, no. Okay, well after hunting, this story, you might. Ooh, yeah. How about them apples? How I'll about be like, them? Apples? Like yes, <laughs> like yes, I do. I do indeed. In fact, like, I yes. do. Uh, this is the story of what was at the time the crime of the century. It is the murder and subsequent paranormal hauntings of George Parkman. Ooh, I haven't heard this before. I hadn't either. And, um, Me neither. And we walked... Well, I'm not going to tell your research for you. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. Take it away. Corinne and I were researching next to each other at this little inn in Marblehead. And I kept getting so excited that I kept looking at her. I was like, oh, my God, I want to tell you this thing. But I can't because I want you to be surprised. <laughs> we do that all the yeah, time. I was doing Constantly. that for this case. Yes. And then she was like, you can't tell me everything because then I won't be surprised. Yeah. I was like, stop telling me. It's funny because we usually were. I live in Los Angeles. Corinne is in Boston, so we never really are together when we're doing anything podcast related. So it was like a new and exciting. It was an exciting, thing. yeah. Yes. So you're like, you're here. I want to tell. Yeah, I want to tell right. you everything. <laughs> okay, so George Parkman was born on February nineteenth, seventeen ninety, into one of Boston's richest families. His father, Samuel Parkman, had six children in a previous marriage, and then five children with George's mother. Damn. So that's a lot. Of kids. That's a lot, that's a lot, of, lot kids. of kids. That is that, a lot. A lot of kids. That's a handful. Nick right. the other day asked me what I would have been doing like during the War of eighteen twelve, and I was like probably popping out like twelve kids with saggy tits. Like I don't know, <laughs> just having all the kids, yeah. just all of them, <laughs> giving a new meaning to milkmaid. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, so you're not going to, like, dress up as a man and, like, fight the war? I was like, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> no <You're> like, <laughs> No. Okay, so George is smack dab in the middle of his five direct siblings. As a middle child, and I'm a middle child, I was like, oh, he probably is, like, you know, overlooked, quiet, reserved, you know, forgotten about. <laughs> um, but apparently George is the exception to the middle child because he was the favorite. 
and Ooh. ended up actually like being in, like inheriting his father's entire estate. Damn, wow. oh George. That yeah. never happens. I, I know. Like as an older sibling, I would hate him then. I was like, yeah. yeah. I'd be real yeah. Yes. And totally. as the youngest, I'd be like, that's weird. Yes. Yeah. But I probably wouldn't have got it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. We were just talking about this. I yeah. like, don't know where to say I am <laughs> in my family lineup because I'm my mom's only child, but like I consider Elena and all my other aunts and uncles like my siblings. So mm-hmm. I'm the youngest there. Right. But then I have half siblings and I'm the oldest. So, so I literally fit every role. Oh, wow. Yeah, just so I just be mad that I didn't get it. Yeah. yeah. You'd just be like, <laughs> I'd just be like, well, I don't know how to feel about this, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad about you everything. wanting to be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Adaptable. I'd be like, actually, I'm the middle child, so <laughs> I can do all of it. So. <laughs> okay. So I'll tell you a little bit about George's upbringing. He was born into a very wealthy family in 1790. His father, Samuel, made his fortune buying low-lying lands and income properties in Boston's West End. And he also founded a bunch of towns outside of Massachusetts, Parkman, Ohio, and another town named, I'm sure you can guess, Parkman (laughs) in Maine. I guess it was the name places after yourself kind of thing. So unique. Yeah, you know, know, diversify. Yes. Parkman I think I'll name this Parkman. Yes. I don't know why. (laughs) Basically, he's just like establishing his name around the world. Yeah. And wanted his offspring to just, like, continue this legacy. It's all about legacy at this time. I guess still. Well, and obviously it worked. We're talking about him now. Yeah, Yeah, here we are. Boom. Here we are. So growing up, George was very intrigued by his father's business and was like, I think this is probably why he ended up taking everything or getting everything because – he was, like, involved and wanted to help, and he was also apparently, like, very smart with his finances. I'm imagining, like, a five-year-old, like, keeping quarters. His dad's like, <laughs> so proud of you, son. You're so good at this. He's, like, yes. a coin collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, George was also, like, a very sickly kid and was in and out Aww. of hospitals a lot. I don't know. I couldn't find specifically what he was sick with, but it impacted him greatly and then eventually led to him wanting to study medicine. Mm. So in 1805... George is 15 years old. He enters the freshman class at Harvard. And apparently 15 was like the normal age to go to college. Makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, now we're all getting older. So I guess it makes sense that like we do things later in life. But they were just like doogie Mm -hmm. housering it. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, we're dying at 35. So (laughs) you got to go to college. (laughs) Yeah. Do something. I know. I mean, he retired. I think he retired at like 35 years old. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Basically. Wow. And then lived like three more years. (laughs) (laughs) Sadly. Yes. So, okay. Harvard at this time is like a gentleman's club. You know, women are not allowed. Um, Lame. Yes. <laughs> you Agreed. guys. Okay, maybe you do have the same aura. I know. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's like the height of elitism. You know, it's the oldest institution of higher education in the U.S. So Harvard is just like you can only go if you have money. And George did. It was also Harvard at this time was an extension of the government uh, in Boston and greater Massachusetts. So like if hmm. you were involved with the university and were socially, like, elite in Boston, you basically controlled, like, everything. Wow. Mm. And I don't think that they came up with this term at the time, but they were called the Boston Brahmin, which was, like, a fancy term for the elite. Mm. Huh. Yeah. Should we start calling ourselves that? Yeah. Manifest it? Yeah. Let's manifest the Boston Brahmin. Give us, give us that money, baby. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Right now. <laughs> let's walk around Harvard campus and just in, embody it. Like, ever heard of us? Yeah. Hello, you know, we're the Brahmin. Don't we you try know? to get like the graduation capes, but it's actually yes. just like we bought them like at the Harry Potter store <laughs> on Harry <laughs> Street. Where, like, it's a Gryffindor cape. We're like, hey, we got bonds too. Yeah. Similar Magics. colors. I do have, have a the wand. same. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so George is at Harvard, and while he's there, he meets and befriends a fellow classmate, John Webster. While George was reserved, quiet, and introspective, and very cautious with his money, John Webster, and this is a quote, had a petulant and fussy deposition, but was known for his kindly nature. Hmm. So annoying, but kind. Yes. There's always Johns in these stories. Yeah, of course. Oh, they're yeah, all you over the map. John. <laughs> John's like the most popular name, and he probably like named his kids John. Oh, absolutely. Everyone after that. Is yeah. John. John's always come 40th. from several Johns. Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, John wasn't the most intellectually gifted person, Aww, but he was very rich. So money paved way for his opportunities. <laughs> eh, he's fine. Yeah, he had one. That's all that matters. And then the two of them graduated two years apart. George in 1809, John in 1811. And after graduating Harvard, George could have just been like set for life inheriting his dad's wealth, but he had deep aspirations and wanted to study mental health specifically. And according to a bunch of articles, mental illness was really common in his family and sounds like something he battled with. And this is like the 1800s, you know, mental health was not like very well cared for yeah, or no was there really was not. Talking about yeah, it. No. It was like lobotomies like, for everyone. Yeah. No, right. Lobotomies or lock you away. That's yeah, exactly. Silence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Galore. So George is like, I want to understand mental health and find better treatments. Go, George. So he goes to Scotland and gets a medical. I feel like I'm going to regret this later. <laughs> I'm like on George's side. You can right root now. for George. Okay. I will. No, I felt a disclaimer. Like you can root for George. I always wonder, but I'm like, I'm just going to go for it. I'm this Team George as well. I cool. feel like we're not supposed to to root for John. Well, I'm, I'm telling the story correctly. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so George goes to Scotland. He receives his medical degree. And while he's there, he's realizing that mental health and mentally ill people in America are treated terribly. They're ostracized. And he was just like, there's got to be a better way. So he travels around Europe, which is really common for men this time. They would like go and like, you know, be bachelors and reckless and stuff. But George... <laughs> Was going around Europe seeing psychiatric care. It's like he was going wow. to all these facilities all over Europe, meeting with doctors and scientists, and just trying so to understand. He was using his family's George wealth, for, yeah, for the a good. higher, yeah. better purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Team George. So he's team like, wait, yeah. This the is way. the team we'll George episode. We will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so he basically formulates his own, based on going to all these facilities, formulates his own belief. And like borrows from specifically France, he believed had like really good methods of caring for mentally ill patients. And he came to the conclusion that they should resemble everyday life and patients should enjoy hobbies, socializing and participating in household chores. So basically, ethical, more humane approach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Treat people like people. Imagine that. Wow. Shocking. (laughs) So progressive. Yeah. So he comes back to the U.S. He serves as a doctor in the War of 1812 and starts helping the mentally ill and does it mostly helping people who don't have access to health care? Again, Team George. Hell yeah. All He's great. He also offered $16,000 to build an institution at the Massachusetts General Hospital and gave them the money. And yeah. <laughs> We're all pointing at Elliot. Yeah. You know that place. You know that place. Yeah, you probably have been in this building. Heck yes. And many times. Yes. He so he gives them this money and he's like, I'm I'm under the impression that after I give this money to build the entire building, I will be a part of running the facility. But the trustees basically like take his money, build the building, and then they're like, mm. We're going to give it to someone else. Lame. Which he's like super bummed about, of course. And so he decides to retire at 34. 
Damn. Mm. But he continues working. So I, I don't know. He retired, but I guess. Fake retirement. It was one yes. of those like Tom just, Brady. Retirement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A minute later. Really just to get yeah. Like, yes. I'm doing it. No, just kidding. I do think it was like, hey, I'm not going to go play golf and like midday tea times type of thing. But like I have all this <laughs> money. I'm going to continue managing properties and then not take money to help people who are mentally ill. Yeah. Mm. So it's like. Sick. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Good job, George. He like writes <laughs> papers for the New England Journal of Medicine and Surgery and then manages the land and properties his dad leaves him he buys even more land and more properties many of which he rented to immigrants which is important for later and at this time it's like a lot of irish immigrants he's just like a great successful guy very smart with his money and this is just a fun fact he had a nickname around the town called the pedestrian what? <laughs> because Does he walk a lot yes yes it's a very it. uh aptly named nickname wow so despite his wealth and like the distance he had to walk and travel for all of his jobs and collecting rent and stuff he did not want to have a horse because he was like it's too much money to upkeep despite the George. fact that he has so much money so he's just like i don't want to spend money on things that for him were frivolous yeah yeah i bet he had great cardiovascular health right? he was a very skinny man so that's the yeah. other thing apparently the way he walked he was like very very lanky and okay so like, there's some spookiness about there was a bit of like <laughs> yes. I, love yes. a lanky man. <laughs> yeah. I love a lanky man so i'm like yes george i do i love a lanky john yeah so yeah got a little mashup yeah of lanky george. <laughs> um he apparently had like a chin that jutted out a bit too so i think like, hey, it's like, better than mine i have no chin go. it just goes straight oh, to same. i have a chin then no sometimes i feel like i don't have a jaw and so like my ears and neck like all kind of you do i feel that way yeah i also have that little like butt so yeah he preferred to walk and everyone kind of knew that he would be walking around he had his routine so like everyone just expected to see george in the street pedestrian yeah, the pedestrian <laughs> what, what a like where was everybody's creativity back then? Right? <laughs> it's like a person Walking pedestrian. Walking George or something. Oh, I like the walking, walking George. Walking George. George. The walking dead, it was. So you guys, if there was a time machine, we would go back right now and that would that's how yeah. we would use our power. And I'd be like, You you don't know yet, but this will be funny. Yes. Hold on tight. Yes. <laughs> so okay. Also, just a little side note, even though George was like very like smart with his finances, he was also like very, very giving to people. So if his friends needed money, he was always willing to help them out and expecting that they would pay him back eventually. He also gifted land to Harvard so they could build the new Harvard Medical School. He like gave land to the government so they could build the Charles Street Jail. He was very, you know, it was like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, I know I have a lot of money, but I'm going to give back i we love george George's yes world, right? yeah be a george this yeah. is really a surprising turn yeah. you know or i guess development we didn't re- really ever turn away from him being yeah good, we've, but we've been team george the whole time would, yeah <laughs> eventually take a step back i'm mm-hmm. always worried yes. when we start these stories i'm I like know, I'm, I'm team this person and i feel like, like should i not be i just love to do it's that. happened to me before yes. a lot yeah so you remember his friend John Webster. Oh, do we How ever. could we forget? Yes. Yeah. Do we, we ever? never forget So this petulant uh, but kind man had fallen on some hard times. He got his doctorate and then went on to start his own medical practices but did not find much success. I kind of like got like Dr. Death vibes from him where like he Ooh. really tried but just wasn't good. Mm. And so he was a bit lost. He was losing some money, didn't have a practice. And he was used to a certain lifestyle. Like his family was really wealthy. He grew up very wealthy. But here he is now like doesn't have a job that is bringing in all this money. Yikes. So he turns to George and he's like, I need some help. 
And George has a bunch of influence, like he gave a freaking building to Harvard. So he gets John a teaching position at the Harvard Medical College that George basically gifted to Harvard. And John is gets a job uh, lecturing in chemistry, mineralogy, and geology in 1824. And apparently, this is a fun fact, um, John loves pyrotechnics and oh. would do a lot <laughs> That's of pyrotechnics. so John. Pyro- yeah, it's so John. So John <laughs> He's like throwing raves outside yeah. of the building. Truly. He was like demonstrating with pyrotechnics in his classroom. And um, I think that just exemplifies the kind of man he was. Yeah. Yes. He's, he's going for it's it. fiery. He's really going right. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Was he an Aries? Oh, perhaps. I did not write down his birth. I only know that because my husband's name is John and he's an Aries. And they are. And does he like pyrotechnics? I don't know if he has a feeling about pyrotechnics, but I'll have to ask him. (laughs) You'll have to let us know. I I hope that they're very different. I I hope hope these Johns are different. Okay. So far they are because John's really smart. Yeah, John is very smart. So, you know. Good to know. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, all right, cool. Nailed it. We yeah. diverged here. Okay. So Webster is teaching at Harvard. George is, you know, walking around, being a pedestrian, collecting rent, being and a pedestrian. Debt, <laughs> doing his thing. And he gets married. Um, and also, this was like annoying. Uh, this is a little side note that I could not for the life of me find the name of George's wife. Oh. It oh. just did not exist on the internet, and which makes that. me... I just like, oh, that always makes me so mad. Yeah. yeah. When you dig and dig and you're yeah. like, I'm going to find it. And nowhere. Yeah. Nowhere. And it's always so such a when you can find it, if it does exist. Yeah. yeah. Like on like a ship manifest or something. Right. It's I'm always, sure yeah. I could have gone to like a local library or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that. Also, like how of the times they're just like George, 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 George. And then Mrs. Yeah. George. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. George. And there are 12 yeah. children all named George. <laughs> yeah. Or Georgia. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, Parkman's a man of routine. He would meet his wife for lunch every day at the exact same time. But on November 23rd of 1849, Parkman did not show up for their lunch. Oh, no. His wife waited a bit, thinking that despite being out of character, maybe George was just running late. But still, he did not show. And she went home to wait for him. Still nothing. Night came. Still no sign of George. So she goes to the authorities, and because it's George Parkman, the pedestrian, the man of Harvard, the you know, the he has notoriety, man. the man, they take it very seriously and start start searching for him pretty much immediately and are asking people around town, like, hey, have you seen George? Remember, he's the pedestrian. People see him all the time. The guy who walks with the chin. Exactly. Right, no? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The guy with the chin. Seen him? And I'm stressed for him right now. I am too. What's happening with George? After a few days, everyone's like, there's definitely some foul play involved yeah. with this. Uh-oh. And they believe they are dealing with a murder. So they are searching for George's body, and they unfortunately were really focused on the immigrants living in his tenements just because there was a lot of, you know, societal rifts between the locals, even though they also were immigrants, (laughs) and immigrants. (laughs) So they were basically like, oh, these people probably killed him because they couldn't pay up and whatnot. We're going to make our own story. Exactly. (laughs) Let's just use some scapegoats today. Yes. So they were pointing fingers at the wrong people, but they were right about the motive. Because George was indeed murdered, but by who and where was oh, his no. body? So <laughs> everyone's on high alert, including a man named Ephraim Littlefield, who is a Harvard Medical School janitor. He was working one evening after hours and he heard a noise and went to investigate and found Dr. John White Webster slipping into his office. And it's late at night and John is startled by Ephraim's Yeah, I bet appearance. he is. And that's like, you know, he's shifty. He's all scared and nervous. And Ephraim's like, something is off and starts watching Webster really closely and noticing that Webster is like coming late at night, doing things in his little office. And it's just 
Apparently, also, John gave Ephraim Littlefield a turkey on Thanksgiving, which was like a major red flag because this guy's like, um, I don't talk to this guy, nor are we friends, nor has he ever given me a turkey for Thanksgiving yeah, before. Why are there suddenly <laughs> gifts so, being given? Yeah. It feels like a hush turkey. Oh, yeah. it's a hush turkey. Oh, the classic yeah. hush turkey. The classic. classic hush turkey. If you ever need someone to be quiet, <laughs> give him a turkey. Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> so on November 30th of 1849, seven days after George went missing, Ephraim Littlefield decides to go into the laboratory and look around and there is a privy, which was basically like a porta potty. It's like an open hole. And Uh-oh. he looks inside and finds human remains. Oh, no. Oh, no. Belonging to, you guessed it, George Aww. Parkman. The Aww. pedestrian. The yeah, pedestrian. Sad, but I understand the hiding spot because the smell would probably mm, be masked by the true. smell that already exists there, right? Like, would it really raise any red flags over time? Yeah. Truth. Well, and the other thing is, this is the medical school, so there's bodies in there all the time. That's and true. when they arrested, when they arrested John Webster, he was basically like, "No, like that's just a body from the lab, like you that know, we put in the toilet that it's we like, yeah disposed of strangely." Anyway, he's arrested, and the murder of George Parkman becomes sensational news. It's the crime of the century. It is so sensational. It's written in newspapers all around the world. And it's often compared to the O.J. Simpson trial just in terms of, like, how much popularity it received. And while there wasn't television, it's, like, in the news. And 60,000 spectators eventually came to the trial. 60,000. Yes. But let's rewind just a bit. Damn. So George's body is discovered in the privy in Webster's lab. And John is arrested. And just a trigger warning, the description of how the body is found is a bit gruesome. If anyone wants to fast forward. Investigators search Webster's lab and discover a jawbone and dentures fused to the furnace, a headless hairy torso and a thigh stuffed into a bloody tea chest. Oh, my God. And other body parts scattered in various areas of the lab, some of it badly burned, which kind of reminds me of the detail on the Dahmer case where the very first body, he just like didn't know how to dispose of it Mm -hmm. and tried all these different things. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah, and everyone's in shock. And they also, because John Webster was, like, in the elite society as well, they're like, there's no way he could be capable of a heinous crime. But thing that came out is that Webster was living a bit of a lie. He, like, he didn't have money. He was, like, pretending he had money, and he was actually in a horrible financial crisis and had borrowed money from George. The motive thicket. There it is. Motive. motive right there. Meanwhile, George would have just, like... Given it, yeah. Or, yeah. George well, seems like the guy. He did who get just it back like, to me eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not be like a bill collector. He's gonna be like, no. You know. So this is where John went doubly wrong. He doubled down. So George basically gives him this money, makes a loan, and the way that John got the loan was like, "Hey, I will give you my. I think it was like a rock collection." So not the coin collection from not earlier. <laughs> a rock collection. A rock, it was like collateral, basically. Like, mm-hmm. hey, if I don't pay you back, you have this. You can keep these rocks. Yes. <laughs> these rocks. <laughs> I painted them. Yeah. Some of them have googly eyes. <laughs> they're really special to me. I've named a couple. <laughs> yes. They're, they're very important. <laughs> but John ran out of the money that George gave him and then went to George's brother-in-law, which is I mean, first mistake, and yeah. used the same collateral to take out another loan from oh. George's brother-in-law. So, of course, George finds out and is like, I'm going to go confront John about it and just be like, hey, dude, what do you think you were doing? Right. Figure, figure it out. 
so much. Yes, <laughs> I know. I know. Like, you know, save your money a little bit. Yeah. I think. Why I mean, are, so are they geodes? I think they were like mm, like crystal You know, the fancy yeah. ones. Yes, the fancy ones. <laughs> Why didn't he just sell them? It's like you're gonna put yeah, them up for collateral. Just sell them, and then he you didn't have want to use them. I guess. Clearly, he's not a pedestrian. He's a horse rider. Like, yeah. Sell your horse. Yeah, yeah. get some steps yeah. in, bud. He did lose his house, though. I really do feel like he was he he was having. He, was, he, he was had no money. He had yeah. no more. No money. I Tiffany think he had quite a few kids, fancy too. chandeliers Oof. to sell. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Lost his house, everything. So he's just making, making really, really poor decisions with mm-hmm. his money. And it sounds like on November 23rd, the day that George went missing, he went to go confront John about this debt and the, you know, hey, like you just like doubled down with my brother-in-law. Like I'm, I knew. And they got in an argument. Oh my, my god, that just happened to me. I was really? Like, <laughs> Hi, mom. She always mom. calls at the worst time. Love Literally her. Every <laughs> time we record, my mom calls yeah. me. Yeah, every single time. She gets so it. So funny. Yeah. Well, she You're the middle child that. that's only remembered during recording. There you go. <laughs> and I'm the youngest that's only remembered during recording. <laughs> okay, so yes, they get in an argument, and obviously we can't be sure what happened next, but it seems like in the heat of the moment, John snapped and killed his friend, George. There's a lot of really, really interesting stuff if you're into law, which I'm sadly not. <laughs> no offense. No woods. Um, yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened because of this case and like actually impacted the future of murder trials, which I think is really cool. But I'll tell you the things that like actually are important to this case. So basically, this was the first time a jury was asked to decide a verdict beyond reasonable doubt, which I think oh. is fascinating. And it pioneered new ground in scientific evidence because this is far before forensic evidence. But Parkman's dentist was able to identify the body via the dentures found at the scene because he had taken a mold of George's teeth before making the denture. Yeah. How cool. So basically that that just sealed the deal that it was like 100 percent George's body. And John White was convicted and executed for the murder of John Parkman in August of 1850. And today, some people are like, uh, maybe Webster was innocent and like the janitor also had just as much access to it. But there's just a lot of uh, evidence. The janitor didn't borrow money. And yeah, put up a rock exactly. Right. Yeah. For collateral yes. twice. Yes, exactly. In the same family. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Big, big yeah. stretch. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the turkey. Come on. Exactly. The, the, the turkey. The turkey. The turkey. Kind of a threatening move to gift someone a giant, large, fleshy bird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's true. Yeah, I would. I would think it's strange gift. And being like. Eat As this. a vegetarian, for yeah, you, yeah. I would, like, <laughs> why are you giving me a turkey? Can and eat this, yes, tofurkey, <laughs> hush tofurkey. <laughs> I would be offended because I don't like tofurkey. I've never had tofurkey. I haven't had tofurkey either. My mom one year was like really excited when tofurkey came out. That like for Thanksgiving she made it and no one ate it. Oh, yeah. Don't make that this year. I won't. This is my first <laughs> year as a pescatarian. Welcome. Thanks. <laughs> Welcome to the club. So, okay, while George did not die in his home, it is believed that his spirit haunts his once beloved home to this day. And there is some debate over the address of the house, which is really weird. But um, there are three addresses listed. Google Maps says 30 Chestnut Street. So I feel like I should believe that. So Beacon Hill. They're all in Beacon Hill. Ooh, Um, I was just there. Another article says 8 Walnut Street. And then another one says 33 Beacon Street. I don't know. I, I believe 30 Chestnut Street because it is marked as a historical landmark. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So that, that makes, makes the most sense. Yes. So a few years after George Parkman's death, a toilet on the third floor just kept overflowing. 
They had plumbers come and fix it, but it continued to flood incessantly. It's like his spirit is trying to escape the toilet that he wants. So much water (laughs) would flood out of the toilet that it would rush down the stairs in this house. Nasty. Yeah. Smell. Yeah. Mm. Residents of the home reported hearing George's voice in other rooms and they would go to look and no one was there. They'd hear noises in the night. And today people claim that they see him standing in the windows looking out onto the street. But the toilet flooding is what really convinced people that it was George's spirit because it seems very coincidental. The toilet of it all. Mm Um, in the toilet of it all, <laughs> the toilet of a it sentence all. you never thought you would nope. say. <laughs> um, and then in 1908, the Parkman estate was evaluated at nearly 5.5 million dollars and <laughs> was left to the city and is now used for civic functions and serves as the mayor's office reception hall and is a stop along the Boston Ghost Company ghost tour. Ooh, and that tour is so fun. I've never done I've it. Never done it. You, did we you did do it, it once. recently? No, I did Ghosts and Gravestones. Oh, did the bus. Oh, that's yeah. a good one. That Yeah, the, this one's fun. Okay. I haven't done any yeah. of them in Boston, Me which neither. is like weirdly surprising. Yeah. I feel like you never do the things that are like close to you. Yeah, right. Exactly. So, yeah. Next time I come, we should do a double feature. Mm. Yeah, do you guys want to come? Both of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was going to say, can we do it together? Oh, we have this Okay. Oh, we have Cool. Should we look tonight? I'm like, what are we doing tonight? But so it's a stop along the ghost tour. And while you can't go inside or visit George's ghost face to face, maybe you will walk by and see him peer out the window. And um, that is the story of George Parkman. I know. I'm surprised that he's like not perpetually walking somewhere. I know. That's true. You know, I want him maybe to just like stroll outside. Maybe people just don't realize it yet. Maybe, like, maybe he's yeah. around Harvard. I mean, a lot of people do walk around Boston, so it, it maybe, maybe he's just, just like right along, along right. Along. Well, and yeah. also there's so many like in the Beacon Hill, Boston Common area. There's so many people that are mm-hmm. in the you know traditional the period clothing. Yeah, period yeah, clothing. There's so many tours and good point. People yeah. like you wouldn't always you know. necessarily know if you see someone out of the corner of your eye. Yeah, you just George think it's one of the performers. A tour yeah. guide. Georgie right George. Right? Georgie George. Georgie. George. We should, you know, oh, this would be really cool. Like, if we can find a photo of George, what he looked Ooh. like, and then have you seen this man missing on all the trees? <laughs> have you seen the I was going, now? we give it to the police and ask them to, I, I don't think this is how technology works, with, but I like, also don't facial know if wreck. this is how, like, I police want, resources. This is how, this is how, right on that. This is how my TV brain works because i feel like you can make it all up um you we give them the photo of george's face and then have them run it through facial recognition of boston street cameras the cctv cctv i think that's it i think you just cracked the case i think we should do it solved it wow this is the new version of our ghost hunting we're too scared to like actually go in anywhere we just behind the computer i found them i love that yeah, that's the story of George Parkman. Wow. Damn, I can't believe I never heard that before. I know, me neither. Poor George. That was really good. Poor George. R.I.P. George. I know. You know, John's. 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 Can't trust him. George's. Can't trust him. Can't trust him. Can't trust It's just wild that all of that happened right there. Yeah. I mean, if he lived in Beacon Hill, too, it's like he was steps away from the Boston Strangler, like the classic. Yeah. 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 True. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the final victim. Like, there's yeah. so much that happens right there. I know. It's true. Boston is the a... The Charleston Jail, the Liberty yeah. Hotel's steps away. It's true. Mm. My mom actually lived in Boston in an apartment 
oh. with like three other girls during the Boston Strangler. <gasps> An apartment that you could open the lock with, with a, a credit, credit card. card. No. And yeah. they did. So and they she used said to yeah. pile up cans uh, against the door so it would make a noise if somebody came oh in. Oh my God. Like they had a plan. I was like, you just like went to sleep at Right. Night? Like you just. It's like, okay, like, like also, yeah, you can hear it, but then if they're already you, inside you your do? place, what do you What's do? What's the next steps? Like yeah. what are your plans? I don't think they got that far. No, I think they were just like, we'll hear it. Wow. Oh my God. That's terrifying. I guess maybe it would like scare him away. Maybe. Probably not. He was fucking crazy. He was a So, yeah. Wow. Yikes. I know. I do hope that George's spirit has passed on. Like, I, I, I know, know it's fun to be like, oh, like maybe we could see him, but like, I just always get so sad when people go through such tragic events in their lives if their ghosts are still around because it's like, move on, little beautiful butterfly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Get reincarnated. I know. Yeah. I wonder if he has like unfinished business. Maybe. He's after that rock collection, I guess. Maybe. Or maybe he just needs that place named after him that he gave all the money I was for. Just and they, say, there oh, you go. That's his place. Let's start a petition. Okay. Right? Justice for George. Justice we'll, for George. We'll do picket signs outside yeah. the harbor. Yeah, just the four of us. And our Harry Potter like, Who's George? <laughs> With our wands. Like, What's going on here? <laughs> I love it. Maybe he's haunting Mass General. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. That's yeah. haunted. Did you ever experience anything that place spooky there? That the morgue at Mass General is haunted. I mean, that the morgue is, sure. is the morgue. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah. it definitely is. But it's there crazy. was, because I used to work there sometimes in like the middle of the night. Oh my gosh. In the morgue. So I would be there at like 2 a.m. And so I'd be sitting there and there's been times where it was such an overwhelming feeling of like something Dread. is here and something is not yeah. supposed oh. to be here that sometimes I would have to walk up to the main floor just to like get a breather. Oh my gosh. For a wow. second just to be yeah. like, okay. Did yeah. you ever like hear? I know. I mean, I don't know much about bodies after. Oh, they she'll passed, tell you. Yeah, like, we've the, definitely when people have like vocal the, things yeah, come there's out. There's definitely and, that'll happen too during autopsies. Sometimes you get like a breath out, <laughs> and oh that's always like the really when you're in the middle of like going to cut, and it's like a weird like of air, and oh, you're God. like, hmm, like it's just, no, 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 no. So I just got uneasy. Yeah, right. Yeah. How did you get into that? Honestly, I was always super into, like, anatomy Mm -hmm. and physiology. Like, that always really interested me. And then I was into really, like, spooky things and horror. Yeah. And once I started reading about true crime, I was always really drawn to, like, the medical examiner's portion of it. Mm -hmm. And once I figured out you can do that for a job, like, I was like, oh, that's a person who does that. Yeah. I was like, I want to do that. You're like, dream jobs. Yeah. And then I just kind of, like, harassed the head of pathology there (laughs) until he was like, come on in and, like, you can talk to me. Wow. And we started doing, like, a research thing together. And then he was like, so I was like, can I, like, work in the morning? And he was like, there's no openings. Like, shut up. Yeah. And, and then eventually after, like, I think a year and a half together, he was like, there's an opening. Oh, my gosh. And, like, you should go down there. That's so incredible. We gave it a try. Because usually they, like, bring people in and they're yeah. like, you got to go through one, see if you pass out, see if you throw up. And then, <laughs> then we'll Have you ever forward. thrown up? No. Okay. It didn't bother me at all. I was terrified because wow. I was like, what if I go down there yeah. and my whole hope and dream of doing this just gets I know. shattered oh, and I right. can't yeah. But it. it didn't. And it didn't. Well, so you happy. have been to like the body farm and stuff like that. <gasps> you this have? Been, I've never been to the body farm. Oh, I see. But I've been to um, cadaver thing. labs. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah I've been those to like cadaver cool. labs yeah. where like, those are like, it's a good little like kind of like ease into it mm-hmm. because they're like a little right. more preserved. Mm-hmm. So you don't get like the full smell of everything that's in yes. But you get that like formaldehyde kind of yucky yeah. smell that you kind of, it like sticks with you. Mm-hmm. I think I'd wanted to go into I heard the antics until I learned you had to, you know, Oof. do the Oof. cadavers. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no chance. No, no chance. I, feel like, no, I cannot do I that. I heard NyQuil. NyQuil. Not NyQuil. Um, uh, Vicks. Vicks. Yeah. Vicks vapor rub under the nose is the, is the oh. trick. But sometimes it'll stick, too. 
Because uh, isn't that like a prank that they play sometimes on you? they'll have like they'll they'll like prank you to like put something under here and the smell will just stick to it and then it hits and you then you're stuck. Oh, oh this is good because it can sometimes overwhelm right. the smell. Yeah, but something else it can just stick right oh, to gosh. it. Do you remember a few years ago on TikTok and social media when they were <laughs> saying that powder, like loose powder makeup, you can see it. In people's lungs after Ooh, they pass. Yeah. Wait, Have I've you heard ever that seen recently. That? I've never seen that. That's, yeah, that makes that is interesting because there's Whoa. a lot of powder makeup lingering inside of me. I guarantee. Oh, me! Too. <laughs> I still put it on every day. Same. Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you gotta bake. Yes, I feel like exactly. we have far more things to be concerned about because recently we learned. Chris and I did some um, research so that people ingest worm eggs, like parasite eggs, all the time. Oh. Okay, wait. I started doing a parasite cleanse. I only made it three days in before having a panic attack, which was two days ago. Actually, as we've been recording, my eye keeps pulsing. It's been pulsing ever since worms are coming out of her eyes. I keep thinking worms are coming out of my eyes, my fingertips, my ears. Oh my god! Because we googled. I feel so bad for the audio tech. Close your ears. Who's here? But I will tell you something. Griffin, close your ears. I swear, I pooped out a worm the other day. Did you? Did you dig? I. I didn't have to. I went oh. to pee and something <laughs> escaped my butthole. Ah! I looked down because I was like, what the fuck? I've never just like randomly shit myself. <laughs> and I looked down and there's like, it's like this long. And it was it's, a worm. I, I, Can I it was a worm. It was. I didn't take a picture of <laughs> my actual, That's what you were doing. I should have taken a picture we did of my poop. Do I regret not doing research that. After, it was a thread worm is what we or, decided. Or and yeah, and I looked worm. it up and it affects like oh, a billion people a year. And... Here, people, it looked the like eggs this. are so small that a, they float in the air. From Google Images, I grabbed. It looked like that though. It was that long. No, it was like probably half of that. This kind of looks like oh. this looks like fresh pasta, doesn't it? It kind of does. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Is that from Italy? If I weren't gluten free, I'd be like maybe I just didn't chew well enough. Yeah. But no, that was like it fell out of me. I was like, that's terrible. And Do you, you feel relief them? at all? Like from, I mean, from it being I away. think part of it is a little bit like enema-like this cleanse. So mm. I just, in general, I'm a lot lighter. I'm like basically floating through the air right now. <laughs> I'm so small. What does it entail? I I bought like the Paragard pills. It's just like you just take like little pills like three yeah. times a day, and then it just makes you go go. My therapist was telling me about it, and she got one of those kits where you like go into like the thing they give you at school if you're gonna throw up. Like you use the bathroom into that, oh. and then it has like. A hoodsy cup stick, I guess. Oh my and gosh. You, like dig, oh dig God. to see. Yeah. A friend of mine did a coffee enema cleanse, which does Ooh. the same thing, but like you literally have to put coffee in your butt. In your butt. Wow. Like, and I don't like they were like upside down in yeah, the shower. Yeah, put her legs to, up like, in the shower. This is to do it. Right? Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. I don't want something in my butthole that shouldn't be in my butthole. <laughs> right? I don't need coffee in my butt. Yeah. I well, would do the pill one. I'm going to give you my pills. Yeah. Yes. Do you, I'm Because you're just like. Or do you? You. With the pills? Yeah. Oh, no, oh you swallow. Orally, 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 orally oh, you take them. It's just like and and you the swallow them this way and goes out the other way. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay. Like I thought it was going to be like. Yeah. I, I was like, is this a, a suppository? Is that what no. it is? No. <laughs> if my eye weren't pulsing and like my fingertips tingling and my ears starting to like itch and like my no. butthole starting to itch, like I would be, I would keep doing it. But oh, yeah, I we did learn psychologically. I'm like convincing myself that every yeah, every hole is about to like have something crossed. So I had to stop. We did her like with one of the symptoms to like know if you have 
worms is that your butthole itches. And so like immediately after reading that, we're both like, do our butts itch? Because yeah. then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, everything is wrong. I do have an itchy butt. Wait a second. Yeah. You guys are making me nervous. Oh my God. I'm like, like thinking I'm like, in your seat. I'm like, what's okay? going on? Yeah. There's oh, some man. mental preparation before yeah. taking yeah. one of those. Don't just willingly you go to be in like, like a, a real yeah. place. Yeah. Have your therapist on speed dial. Yeah. 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 And no, my fiance found me like, curled up on our bed bawling my eyes out saying worms are coming out of my eyes <laughs> and he was like what he's like what's happening here? what is going on because I, I don't even think I told him I was taking the cleanse I was like I'm oh, taking the cleanse he's googling he's like do I need he's to like, go to the hospital like what's going on worms. a break is happening right yeah. now it's God. like the fairly odd parents when the guy goes fairies but I'm just like worms oh worms is constantly <laughs> anyway oh my God. yeah so worms, a lot, lot of things know? to be afraid of coming into your body yeah yeah like worms I was going to say there's no good transition. I know. I was trying to think. New Jersey. Like, Here's my transition. Well, <laughs> what scary things come from New Jersey? Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, I have a missing the, person. What some people might say, and this is no offense to you. I come I've from New Jersey, New Jersey, so that's scary. I've been to New Jersey, and it is beautiful, but I would say that some people would consider it the butthole of America. Okay, they call there it the armpit of oh, America. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Sorry. Sorry. I have never been to Jersey, but I want to go to Jersey so bad. It is. It has very beautiful places. I could see that. Yeah. I think I've been to Carlo's Bakery there. Ooh, oh, once. Cake Boss? Yeah. Oh. I've yeah. never been, but oh, I, I went binged there that show. TLC, baby. Hoboken. John and I made oh, a Oh, yeah, I was going to say it's Hoboken. Yeah. yeah. Trek over there. Cool. Just for that. That's fun. <laughs> that I love fun. to be those people. That's <laughs> yeah. so fun. That is cool. This <laughs> is... This is not fun or cool. No. I said it was a missing person. It's actually a murder, but it's an unsolved murder. Oh. Um, so we're going to be talking about a girl named Sharon Thor. And Sharon Thor grew up in Franklin Township, New Jersey, with her parents, Sonia and Frank, and her four brothers, Noel, Frank Jr., Stephen, and Chris. So on October 26, 1982, Sharon was just five days away from celebrating her 16th birthday. Oh, no. A Halloween and Scorpio queen. Hmm. Her birthday was, like, literally on Halloween. Ugh. Now, it was around 5.30 p.m., and she was getting ready to head out for her first ballet class of the week when the house phone rang. Now, Sharon was, like, really eager to take this call, and her parents would both later agree that she seemed pleasantly surprised when she picked up. Now, her dad, Frank, was in the living room watching TV, and her mom was also around, so she wanted a little more privacy to take the phone call. So she stepped down into the cellar, and they said she went as far as she could into the cellar to, like, take this call privately. Very private. Mm. Yeah. Super private. I used to, like, hide in my closet to call people. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't want my mom to right. know. Yeah. Go as far as that corn will take. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. but we were, like, la- the landline the- kids for a while, so yeah. Like, if you heard that extra like little click, you, were you like, knew someone oh, was yeah, on the other like, line. Yeah, my mom used to do that. She used to listen in on my phone calls. Mm. And one oh. time, she caught us like prank calling people, and she thought that I was a bully, and I got in trouble. Oh. I wasn't a bully. We were just prank calling. You're right, right. <laughs> it's like childhood calling. innocence. Yeah. It's like yeah. the, the classic when you were on AIM and you had to put like a PLOS, like parent looking over shoulder. Oh my god, oh. yes. remember that? I don't even. I don't, I don't think, think I, I ever used that. that lingo. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Think yeah. Like, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was like, "Mom's lurking." <laughs> My mom's here. <laughs> My mom is going to start typing for me. She and wants to talk like, to you. I can see yeah, that. but yeah. So she she really needed some privacy for that phone call. Now, so. When she returned, she was already heading out front, and she told her mom that she would be back before it was time to head out to her dance class. 
So wherever she was going, she would have had to be back within 15 minutes Hmm. because her dance class was like about to start. So out front, one of Sharon's neighbors, a little kid at the time, he was playing in his front yard and he would later share what he saw. He said, a white man in his teens or early 20s with dark hair was the driver. He said Sharon got into the front passenger side and he said he didn't recognize the driver, but remembered that there was something in the back seat obstructing his view. So he couldn't see whether the car had another passenger or not, which is important for later. Okay. So remember that. But he described the car as old and dirty. I could find literally, it's like how you couldn't find that lady's name. Yeah. I couldn't find a mention of a color, a make, or a model for this car. Hmm. And it was in 1982. I'm like, why don't we know this? But he also Hmm. said that it had a very loud muffler. Like, it was a loud Hmm. car. Now, that boy would be among the last people to see Sharon alive. Oh, wow. So Sharon never returned home that night. By 6 p.m., her parents, Frank and Sonia, were fully panicked, so they called the police. They actually went down to the police station. And the police told them that since she hadn't been missing for 24 hours yet, there wasn't much they could do. Fifteen. Yes, a child. Fifteen years old. A literal child. And they're like, yeah, she's got to be missing for 24 hours before we do anything. And they were like, you know what? She's probably with friends or she might have ran away. The classic. The classic. classic Oh, they, yeah, a runaway. Right. And it's like, these people know their kid. It's about to be her birthday. She's literally on her way to a dance class. She's not going to run away on a random Tuesday. even if it is a runaway, it is a child. Like, think about the horrible things and the people that would take advantage of that situation. See that person walking on the side of the street know that that person doesn't have the home that they want that they can easily run back to and take advantage like do we know why that 24-hour rule exists because i feel like that happens all the time so much and then they also say that the first like 36 hours is the most important for a missing person now i think that's changed for kids it's like for a certain age but adults Mm -hmm. it will still get a lot of adults will get like the True. I don't know what to tell you. They're an yeah. adult. Like, you have to wait. You know what I did see on Instagram, which I was really happy to see the other day as I was scrolling? Amber Alert comes in as you're th- scrolling through oh, really? Instagram. Yeah, there was oh, a little wow. thing. In, there oh. was a break in between the photos. Oh, wow. And it said Amber oh, Alert for oh, this area cool. because that's I guess crazy. my location is services wow. are on oh, for wow. here. Yeah, so that oh, that's good to know. A good thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because then I feel so bad for her parents, too, because it's like she went missing Right out of their house. Yeah. Right. Like they just yeah. watched her walk that's away. That's so hard. And it's like, and they, they thought nothing of it because, of course, she's just like, I'll be right back. Yeah. Exactly. And like, that's the thing. She said she was coming right back. Yeah. And like, her mom was like, all right, like, we got dance. So, yeah. you know, you got to come back. Oh, that's mm-hmm. awful. And they're like, no, we know our daughter. She wouldn't have run away. She never ditched her ballet lessons. She never wanted to miss out on a lesson. She wouldn't even show up late to dance because dance was a huge part of her life. Yeah. She'd been dancing since she was like four or five years old. So for like, over 10 years at that point. And from that time, she'd been going to weekly or sometimes twice weekly classes. She took ballet, tap, and jazz. She made friends with all the other dancers throughout the years, and she had a lot of respect for her instructors. She even actually talked about becoming a dance teacher herself someday and even, like, having her own studio. Mm -hmm. So they were like, no way. So, well, and you said ballet too, right? Which yep. is like extremely disciplined. Oh, the people yeah. that oh, do yeah. that yes. for years, like, mm-hmm. they're very, you have to be so serious. Yeah, about they're it. not like yeah. skipping dance classes. Right. Like, no. That's, yeah, that's you're not, not just, a thing. yeah. Like, mm-hmm. she not was, like my like B boy hip hop like, <laughs> <jazz, laughs> days where I was just doing it for fun. Right. Yeah. Like, whatever. I was yeah. skipping those classes left and right. Oh, but, <laughs> she was like on point, like literally like on point shoes. Yeah. And like to get to that point, uh-huh, it <laughs> takes a while. So she wasn't going to mess this up. No. So they were thinking, her parents and they were like, okay, that actually gives us a glimmer of hope. Maybe Sharon was worried about being late to her class if she came home and kind of like after whatever she was doing. So maybe she got a ride straight to class. 
Now, it was very unlike her to leave the house without her purse and her hairbrush, which she had done this time. But they were like, maybe it was just because of the chaos before the class. It's so sad. Obviously, you already told us it's a cold, cold case. So like mm-hmm. we know, but it's so sad the rationality that parents are going through in this moment right, of like, of course. you know, she's coming back and like all these things that we know are odd. We're just trying to rationalize. Mm-hmm. Right. And you could see yourself doing that too. Yeah. For like a oh, person yeah. you love, you're like, no, like I'll even do that. Like if somebody doesn't answer the phone, I'm like, okay, well, they're probably just like doing this. Yeah, so, like, exactly. Go through yeah. the list of things, you mm-hmm. know? So they drive over to the, hopefully I say this right, the Neva McCrimmon School of Dance. It was about three miles from their home, but Sharon was nowhere to be found. And they were told that she had not shown up for class. So their hearts sank, but there were still some places they thought they could check. They spent the next few hours driving around to every location she could have been at. They went to McDonald's, little shopping areas where they knew she liked to go. They went to some of her friends' houses to see if they heard from her. And her mom, Sonia, later recalled that night of searching, saying, We went to the dancing school. We went everywhere she knows people, through the whole neighborhood, through all the stores on Easton Avenue, like McDonald's. Nothing, 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 nothing. Each place they went turned out the same. No Sharon, no sign of her. So October 26th, I'm sure, was the longest night of their lives. Mm -hmm. After hours spent looking and turning up with nothing, they went home where her 16th birthday gifts were just like sitting neatly wrapped. Oh, that detail. Her parents had bought her a a pair of cowboy boots that she'd been eyeing for a while. She like really wanted these boots. They got her a charm for like a bracelet or a necklace. And her mom got her this special frame. It was like white with all these like little flowers glued to it it was like beautiful and they blew up a picture of her a dancing photo of her like on her point shoes and had it framed so they both stayed up all night long waiting hoping the door would open hoping she would mosey in but something probably like mother's instinct most likely was telling sonia it just wasn't gonna happen so she all of a sudden got a strong urge that night to go into the woods near their home and search for sharon (sighs) And so she actually followed through, and she got the family dog Goofies. all set up. Yeah. I know. I know. I was like, Ooh. we're all just like, yeah, yeah. I'm ripping our forearms <laughs> yeah. now. A moment ago, I was like, I'm sweating, and oh. now I truly have goosebumps. Yeah. Wow. I know. Seriously. That's what happened when I first read that. So she has that strong urge. She gets the family dog. They get right to, like, the outskirts of the woods. And then another voice inside of her was like, do not go in there. So Ooh. she didn't go in. Now— Obviously, we know Sharon did not come home that night. So the family, they have to go back to the police station and be like, okay, can we file a missing person's report now? So luckily, they were able to. And the police wanted to start at the phone call. Who had called Sharon and told her that somebody was waiting out front? Because when I was reading this, I was like, oh, like it must have just been the person outside saying, hey, I'm here. But this was the early 80s, so nobody whipped out their iPhone to give her a ring. Right. It had to have been somebody at home who knew this other person was heading to her and was actually like pulling up and about to be there for whatever reason. But unfortunately, the police could never trace that call. It's never been traced. What? I need to know who that call was. That's like the the main missing link here. How do they not have those records? It's so confusing. That's the thing. I mean, could it be like someone from a phone booth called? Because I feel like, Mm. but that's, I don't know. But even at least they could say like, we traced it and it was like a phone booth at this location. And it has to be someone that she knows, right? Because you don't have a random phone. phone call that it's like. And, and yeah, she knew them. She, I mean, I need she, a fifteen-year-old, and I have a puppy, and that yeah, right. come on yeah. out. Like, and they said that she, her parents remember said that she seemed pleasantly surprised when she picked up right. the phone. So to me, like my first thought was, this is one of her friends calling her, and this guy outside is somebody she likes. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, yes. Right. Exactly. 
So they can't trace that call at all. The best they could do in the meantime was talk to her friends and people who knew her from school or dance and just continue the search. Mm. So three days after she went missing, on October 29th, 1982, Sharon was found. She was found dead in the woods just about a quarter mile away from her home. And is that where her mom was going? That wasn't the exact set of woods where she was going, okay, okay. but she Thank was on to something. Can yeah, you the woods. Yeah. Finding no. your oh. child. No, absolutely oh. not. She this is a, like a really rough moment, just in case anybody does want to fast forward. She had been found beaten to death and she was also sexually assaulted. There oh, was no. a really crude attempt to cover the body, but the weapons used to murder her were a two by four and a cinder block. <gasps> and they were oh. left next to the body, like covered oh, no. in blood. My heart Which makes That's me think that those terrific. were also like found in the woods. Yeah, yeah like, right. It there. was just ugh. It's like, yeah. what happened here? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, there's so many avenues I feel like you can go down mm-hmm. with this one because you're just like, there's so many like missing who pieces. Who was that in yeah. the car? Who was that on the phone? Yeah. What happened? How like, did this happen? And this is a and Tuesday. And they only, you pick yeah. up someone in your car, but then only drive a quarter mile away? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or did you like, drive somewhere else and then bring her back? Uh, like, right. When did things happen? Where did things happen? And right. They, and she was expecting to be home before dance class. Yeah. Which that's was 15 like, minutes, right? This was quick. 15 yeah. minutes. Exactly. So it's like, what happened here? Right. So an autopsy was done, and it determined that she had died from blunt force trauma to the head and face. There were multiple fractures to her head and skull and her ribs, and the medical examiner believed that she'd been killed sometime around 6.30 that night, so just an hour after she had left her house. Wow. And, I mean, it's pitch it's pitch black at that point, too. Yeah, 6 30 yeah. feels October. so early. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is what, October yeah. Yeah. 30th yeah. Late or October. 31st. Yeah. Yeah. Might as well be the middle of the night. Yeah, right. yeah. exactly. So it was it was really brutal to find her like that. That's so sad. So the section of woods where she'd been found was actually like a party spot for local kids. People rode dirt bikes there. Some people hunted like a little bit further into the area. But mostly the area where she was found was known for its notorious parties. Like this is mm-hmm. where kids kind of gathered in the woods and did what they wanted to do. As someone from New Jersey, I can confirm that yeah, is what we did say, Woods up. parties. Uh, yeah. yeah. We did those a ton growing yeah. up too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so when Sonia first heard the news about her daughter, she immediately felt like Sharon was not killed by a stranger. Although the area where she'd been found was popular among locals, Sonia said, where Sharon was found, if I drop you in the neighborhood, you have no idea how to get there. Like, it's like kind of a weird spot. And the way into the woods is marked with tons of signs about no trespassing. Technically, no cars are even supposed to go down that road, but like teenagers would all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which only led Sonia to believe that whoever did this to her daughter was somebody who had been there before in that clearing and knew their way around. Mm-hmm. This is definitely someone who knows her. There's yes. no way oh, it's not. Yeah. yeah. I like, mean, everything you've told us so far yeah. is just adding up to someone that she knows. She didn't mm-hmm. come across yeah. a stranger no. in, right. those, in that hour. In that hour. Since right. she left her no. house right. with someone she clearly knew. And she got into whoever was in that car. She knew them. Yeah. Yes. And she was excited to get that phone call, which leads me even more to believe like it's somebody she liked. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. So rumors immediately, of course, started circulating in town about who could have done this. And the Franklin Police Department got to work right away after finding her. And there were a ton of officers assigned to this particular case, over a dozen officers. Now, in the first week alone, over 85 people were interviewed, and some were identified as people of interest. But there wasn't anybody that really caught their attention Mm -hmm. enough to become a suspect. Hmm. So... They were able to speak with some of Sharon's friends and classmates, but there were a lot of people who couldn't talk because they were teenagers at the time and their parents didn't want them to get involved, which 
Elena and I had a discussion about this because I was like, I don't know. Like, I would want my kid to talk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Like, I feel like – because I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, I would want my kid to talk if they were like – they knew something. But I think this is why, like, parents need to talk to their kids and have, like, open lines of communication. Yeah. Because it's like these parents could have talked to their kids and been like, okay, like, do you know something? Like, do you know – not something about the murder, but, like, do you know – who she was talking to? Was there anything weird right. going on? Like, was there new kids in your group? Did she like someone? Like, you could start asking these questions mm-hmm. and have your kid talk to you and be like, you know what? Actually, yeah, yeah. I remember this. And then you go down and yeah. you talk to the police together and you say, you, you know, like. Ever read the book Defending Jacob? Defending Jacob? Yeah. No. I it's know a, that book. I haven't read it's it. It's a though. local author to Boston, but it, it basically like deals with exactly this. It's a it's a fictional book, but it's oh, that's yeah, about like a high school kid yeah. who goes missing and kind of like shows the the difficult relationships between the law enforcement the parents and the children and yeah. trying to figure out what well, happens I mean, it does you, a good job illustrating it if for you sure. think about it like i'm i'm terrified of police right now like even getting pulled exactly. over i have that fear yeah and just thinking about being like a 15 year old talking to a police officer like i would just be so intimidated exactly yeah. and i wouldn't want to put my kid yeah. in, that, in that position right but i'd want to be helpful to the right. investigation so it's like talk to your kid first and if, yes. you, and what, yeah. if you've established that with yes. your kid then they're gonna talk to you like, right but then also like there's obviously this looming threat to all of the kids in in high exactly. school all the other 15 year olds like what if they do know something but they don't want to be the next person and to, they're threatened yeah, yeah. their yeah. family's threatened the now and right like, so yeah. try to get it from them first mm-hmm. and, right you know but this was also the 80s when talking to your teenager was not exactly not like, like they weren't like, wow, you should have open lines of right. communication. It no. was like, shut up. Yeah. Your kid. <laughs> the thing about this case, though, with the parents like not letting their kids talk, I feel like I don't think it's like the case for all of the parents, but I think there had to have been somebody who was like covering something up mm-hmm. here. I just mm-hmm. somebody knows something. Well, Let's definitely. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But in this case, I'm like, which one of like maybe not her friends, but even like an acquaintance or mm-hmm. a new set of friends or something mm-hmm. like that. Somebody knew something. Yeah. yeah. But the parents didn't want them to get involved. Sharon's brothers actually heard rumors themselves and even confronted somebody who they believed could have been responsible or knew who was. But that person vehemently denied having anything to do with her death or knowing anything about it. And after that, the case pretty much went cold. Until 2009, when the case was actually reopened. And this is, you would think this is where we get some clarity. This only makes everything more confusing and like places darkness on other things. So the case was reopened due to the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office receiving new information. When the case was reopened, it came out that the car which picked up Sharon actually had two males inside, the driver and there was another passenger. I don't know how they were able to confirm this. Hmm. I have no idea. It's just new information that came forward. Hmm. Both men were said to have been from around the Franklin Township area, and the police said that they were at least acquainted with Sharon before her death. So they knew who she was. Right. And she Which we that. kind Which of presumed. Yeah. yeah. Right. It has to be the case. Yeah. So when this information was released, the prosecutor also announced that they were seeking DNA from one particular suspect who is repped by a defense lawyer, Sharon Ransavage. Now, The weird thing is, though, it's unclear if they ever got that DNA because on the day of the hearing, the judge didn't show up to court. What? Didn't show up to court and his clerk said that he was like in another town and he wouldn't be coming back that day and the hearing would need to be rescheduled. Hmm. Now, I didn't see anything about this hearing ever getting rescheduled. How the hell does that happen? 
He j- oh. That's what leads me to believe there's some kind there's of cover-up cover up going yeah. on in this case. So, this reminds me of, Corinne, you told me about this podcast. The one about, like, the couple that was murdered in New Jersey and then it was, like, all of the people in the government were involved. Oh. What was that called? Oh, God. I have no idea. You even to- you told me to listen to it and I started listening to it and it literally happened in Skillman, which is the town I grew up a couple oh, wow. streets away from where I grew up. But I had no idea. Oh, my god! I'll see if I can oh. figure it out. But that's the like the judge yeah. not showing up to court and then them being like, oh, yeah, it's going to be rescheduled. And then I scoured the Internet and couldn't find anything, anything. about this being reopened what? at all. Which and is it's so like, scary how much like, when you think of an inside job, it, it's it's so scary to think of how many people that involves that are actively working yes. against you. And like, mm-hmm. how do you as a parent or you as a community feel any bit of hope of moving right. anything forward? Yeah, There's right. everybody is. Yeah, covering this mm-hmm. up. It's like the Jeez. West Memphis Three case. It is. Yeah, it's like it just mm-hmm. and it keeps going. And I know going it's so sad. It's just so strange to me. So to this day, nobody has been held responsible for the murder of 15 year old Sharon Thor. So sad. Her father Frank passed away in 2007, oh. and the last I saw, her mom Sonia was in her 80s, and she said she refused to die until she knew what happened oh. to her daughter and who killed her. So. From everything I read, I'm pretty sure this case is still open. And the last I saw, it was being handled by the major crime squad of the Somerset County Prosecutor's Office. Mm. And I do know that Crime Stoppers is offering a $5,000 reward for information that leads to an arrest. So there's people know something and someone is going to reach a point in their life where the guilt is just too too much much. and they are going to say something. That's what I think has to happen here. And hopefully we're nearing that point because it's been like a little a while since yeah. this happened but to add really quickly the podcast is called dead end and it's literally in somerset Ooh. oh my god so, Somer- somerset is county that? is it's pretty big but it is okay yeah but clearly this is this is kind yeah. of like to put like the Whoa. gbi georgia bureau of mm-hmm. investigation yeah. like mm-hmm. they are in every podcast where it's like they yep. fumble the bag and yeah. i feel like this is yeah. An, yeah. another an example, example. Yeah. definitely wow. of this one specific place and Somerset. That's, yeah. that's the thing like if that's happened there already i'm like i don't know there's some cover up <laughs> something's yeah. going on but anybody Damn. with information is asked to contact the crime stoppers tip line the number is 888-577-TIPS which is 8477 and it's we'll put that in the show notes too perfect yeah and it says citizens can also go online to a website that we will put in the show notes and click give tips and that and there's a couple other links I can give you to put okay. in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. But such a such a sad case. Oh, so she was sad. So sad. Brutally beaten and nobody has right been held responsible. Ugh. Like willingly left her house. Yeah. Right that before happens. her. That breaks like, my heart. Right well, before her 16th birthday. Yeah. If they know who these or or say that they know or think that they know who these two people were in the car. Like what are right. these people saying? Yeah. Right. That's Why did they pick her up? Why? Why can't they trace the freaking phone call? Yeah, that's true. Why can't that's, they trace the phone yeah. call? And, and then, then now at this point, like, do they even have those records or the ability to pull those? Yeah, again, that's you know? what I was thinking. But then also, the like, did they get DNA from that person? Right. Because yeah. that's what the hearing was for. And then from what I saw, it wasn't rescheduled. And then it just like... And they said, yeah. hopefully they could find some kind of DNA on the murder Mur- weapon Because they were left behind. They were left yeah. behind. Wow. And they said, like, whoever was holding those was holding them tightly because they were using them so right. aggressively. Right. So it's like some kind of DNA has to be on something. It does make me wonder, too, what the initial 
intention was of picking her up because it sounds like something happened where this wasn't necessarily a planned murder like something went wrong because otherwise why would you leave all that evidence where like you could have been id'd physically Mm -hmm. your car could have been id'd you got really lucky that your the phone call was never traced back to you like there was so much evidence that could have been there yeah right and so it sounds like there was something else happened because you also imagine she probably had to tell these people hey i only have 50 minutes right so they're not going to like carry out this plan right. murder in that no. amount of time so you feel like something else was planned mm-hmm. then and it went wrong mm-hmm. maybe i mean she was sexually assaulted maybe right. some, somebody made a move and she said no, no. thank you and that's where and it escalated yeah. anger i could yeah. see that happening. that was my initial thought yeah. yeah and the two men thing being in the car just like my, yeah. my brain runs to like the worst possible thing yeah but mm-hmm. oh, i know because so we were thinking of like the shanda share kind of case where right. somebody was hiding in the car and she didn't right. realize there was that many mm. people in the car and mm. that's that's the other thing i'm like was this was this like an attack and it was just poorly planned with like the phone call and everything because mm. that little kid said there was something obstructing his view into the back seat right. so was that place there intentionally right and did she know this person mm-hmm. in the back seat and they attacked her yeah oh well, and he said that this, this was in a neighborhood, too. Yeah. So, yeah. like, did any of the neighbors hear anything? Right. Families? Like, I, I would assume that there would be some sort of noise because given how she died, yeah, there right. had to have been some sort of, like, scuffle and yeah. whatnot. So, And I do feel sad because, like, this kid who saw the car, it's like, I'm sure he's, you know, mad at himself for not yeah. writing down what specifically that car is right. it makes me brain. think of like corinne truly has like a notes in her phone of like anytime there's something suspicious like writes on the make and model and like too. the license plate of thing. cars and, and everything the amount of license plates in my phone I'm yeah like, yes. oh yeah, yeah. literally like Take if a, a car slows down in front of a construction site i write down the make and model because i'm like if they find a body at that construction <laughs> site <laughs> I'm like, okay. i have i know it. who was really creepily looking yeah there you go that's smart yeah. We're, gonna we're nosy it. neighbors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the best kind of witnesses. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm such a nosy neighbor. I oh, know yeah. everything about my neighbors. Yes. Yeah, you're a good neighbor well, to have. Yeah, yeah. honestly, <laughs> we're moving in. Best kind <laughs> yeah, of exactly. We'll feel safe. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I love my neighbors are the same way. They know everything that's going on, mm-hmm. and I know everything that's going oh, on. Yeah. We're all just like we're in this together. I remember the first time <laughs> I pulled onto your street, like everybody was looking out their windows, and I was like, <laughs> "Did they know me?" If it's a strange, like, I think it was like when you would like changed cars. Yep. And they were all like, what's this new car yeah. coming down like, here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's the best. There was, yeah. I mean, where I'm from in Vermont, the, the crime rate is so incredibly low. But when I was living at home for a few months during the very beginning of the pandemic, one of the neighbors, their car kept going off the alarm in the middle of the night. Ooh. I'd wake up my parents. I would go with like my binoculars. <laughs> I'm like watching for 30 What's minutes in the on? darkness. I'm like, <laughs> neighborhood watch kids. Like, if someone is yeah. creeping yeah. through their yard, I am there. Like, I've got I am ready. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then they didn't wake up. They didn't care. They were like, oh, it's no big deal. And we solved the case 48 hours later. Raccoons? No, there was oh. a mouse in their truck. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to call the cops. Next I was like, oh, it's very oh, I've yeah. been living in the city way too long. I'm like, there's a murder about to happen. Like, I'm going to catch them. And they're like, nah, it's just a it mouse. It's just a mouse. Like, no, it's cool. just a mouse. It's just no, friend. Nesting in the truck, the yeah. hot truck. I'm like, oh, God, I forgot what it's like out here in the farm country. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, I hope that some information comes out on this yeah, case. Yeah, me too. And that there's some resolve for this poor Sonia. Like, 
in her 80s just like, i know just waiting to find out as a mother i mean like i'm not a mother but like i can imagine like as a mom like you just mm-hmm. oh i couldn't your heart and soul it. yeah no, no, no way so heartbreaking well and this is one of the interesting things with like social media and podcasting and all of these people like, re-looking into cases and yeah. giving extra attention to these yeah. cases that are otherwise i guess I- ignored or, or left because there's yeah. no additional evidence like right. there's the opportunity for someone to to listen and be like wait a second i was visiting my aunt and uncle when that happened yeah. and Just now i'm this. starting to right. realize yes exactly but, like i left two days later so i didn't know that anything yeah, like wait a wild right. happened yeah, yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. 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 It's so sad, though. It is. Yeah. Yeah. New Jersey, man. The armpit of America. No, I'm sorry. New Jersey is beautiful. There's so many deer there. Yeah. I don't oh. get offended just because, I mean, like, I'm not going to go live back in New Jersey. So well, you and also everyone you want to call it. Who, view, who thinks of New Jersey, like, everybody thinks of the same place in New yeah. Jersey. Yeah. Newark, is, New Jersey. Yeah. Which is all, like, yeah, industrial. Like, yeah. Exactly. On mm-hmm. your way to the airport. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you want to see New Jersey for real, go to, like, Princeton and, um, Cape May. Those are, I mean, those are my two favorite places. Yeah, so right. beautiful yeah. to know. The yeah. Pine Barrens, maybe you'll see. Don't go to the Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens is like, that's that's like the Jersey, Jersey Devil, Devil territory. territory. Right? Mm-hmm. It's also like Italian mafia body grounds. Scarier um, than a cryptid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, much scarier I'll, than I'll a cryptid. There are a lot of humans that are a lot scarier than any yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, paranormal yeah. entity we've talked yes. about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. This was so fun. Thank you. Oh yeah. my gosh. Fun. And the best thing is that there is a part two, so you can go listen to that on Morbid. Woo-hoo. Yes. Woo. See you soon. <laughs> go team. We do end our episodes when we go, we'll see you on the other side, but we whisper, well, Corinne will say it normally and then we whisper it. Do you want to whisper it? Yes. yes. So I'll say we will. And then together you guys will whisper, see you on the other side. And I'll just say it right. Normal. Ooh, yeah. I'm so excited. Excited. And I'm excited to see what you do with your eyes because I never know what to do. Like I'm like, who oh, do no, I, I don't look know at? what to do. Yeah. Shifty eyed. Just yeah. awkward. Look at everybody. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. Like a twitchy little mouse. All right. <laughs> okay. We will see you on the other I was like, see you on the other side. On the other side. <laughs> that, it's, it's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I was like possessed. <laughs> you really felt it. I was like full theater kid in that moment. I was. <laughs> All right. Very spooky.